everybody, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of Rift Happens, and we have a very special treat. Lucas is on camera today. He is back, my esteemed co-host. I am Justin, a.k.a. Nishama, and of course joined by, as I just introduced, uh, Lucas. Lucas, welcome to Episode 2. Thank you. I'm so happy that the people can finally see me in live action instead of my <laughs> wonderful still. <laughs> I think the picture last week worked well. I, th- I think it. Yeah, it uh, I think it fit great. Uh, it was professional. I think everybody enjoyed it. So, but now they get to see you uh, in action, moving around, the mannerisms, the gestures, everything. They get the full Lucas effect today. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it's you're going to see quite a few mannerisms. I talk with my hands. I move to the side. I sway, shake my hair, touch my hair. You know, it's it's constant. Awesome! Can't wait. Well, we have so much. Uh, information to give you today. It is patch day. Well, tomorrow's patch day. Uh, so we're going to give a rundown of all of patch 12.2. We're going to give some listener, read out some listener responses rather to uh, what they uh, would like to see in a live action League of Legends movie. And we're going to wrap it up with Lucas and I giving our thoughts and input on composition building, whether that be for your teams or whether it's a uh, flex queue or clash, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, that being said, for, if anybody's new here, Rift Happens is a product of Coach Rivals. We are a collection of former and current high school and collegiate esports coaches and directors. They're joined together to form a community for the betterment of Scholastic Esports. And this is, again, a byproduct of that to help out some of those coaches who may be unfamiliar with League of Legends. They can kind of uh, catch up to their players, uh, but also for just general League of Legends audience members, uh, you're welcome here as well. So. So uh, without further ado, let's just go ahead and jump into it because we have so much to cover. The first thing we're going to be talking about today is patch 12.2. There's so much uh, in this patch that's that's noteworthy, and we're going to do our best to kind of run through all of those. Uh, I guess kind of the, the big elephant in the room for patch 12.2 that everybody's going to be looking at surely is going to be Zeri. That brand new champion is being released. They likely don't drop her or those new champions on the very first day of the patch. They usually come out a little bit later on. Um, if you would like a full rundown of Zeri, Lucas gave us that in last week's episode. So check out season two, episode one for a full breakdown of Zeri. Um, but because you are the resident Rift Happens expert on Zeri, uh, Lucas, <laughs> you want to give us any more thoughts on on her before everybody else gets to experience her playstyle? Um, I don't really have anything new anymore. Um, and hopefully my audio issues have uh, been fixed a little bit. Somebody in the chat pointed those out. Um, but I haven't really played her too much except for two games that I played immediately after recording um, or later that night uh, where I did try out Zeri top lane. Um, and I did not have a blast. <laughs> I wow. did not enjoy it. So you probably won't see me me pulling Zeri out top lane uh, unless there's some significant changes. Or maybe I'm just bad and I haven't figured it out yet. Uh, those are all you know viable uh, answers there but we'll we'll see we'll see yeah I, I, of course when a new champion drops you're gonna see the data kind of skewed the new champion goes in every single role you're gonna see your top jungle mid adc and support uh just because everybody's trying to get their hands on the new champion and historically Riot leaves some of these new champions a little overtuned, so people are going to be going after that free low, basically, <laughs> and seeing uh, oh, yeah. what they can do and as those early climbs through the season, uh, for sure. As And others will insta-ban it, as Rubiel's pointing out in chat. Yes, definitely an insta-ban for all new champions until they iron out 
uh, all of those, uh, basically all the stats. Uh, so some other things that we're going to see in patch 12.2, not a new champion, and it doesn't really affect the gameplay so much, but you are going to see some VFX updates for both Vayne and Sona. You're going to see those coming through uh, this patch. I don't have, uh, I haven't looked at them much. Uh, Lucas, you were on the PBE. Did you run into any Vayne and Sona? I have not. Um, so I haven't really seen these in action. So I'm, I'm stoked to see them. I always love seeing the uh, older champions um, get updates. I don't know if either of them have ever gotten visual effects updates before, but uh, if they have not, um, Sono was released in 2010 and Vayne was released in 2011. So it is probably overdue. Um, I'm excited to see them. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So we definitely uh, give them some attention, give them some love. Uh, on this patch and kind of bring them up to the current standard of League of Legends uh, VFX. Uh, so getting into gameplay changes, things that we are going to see, there are four, I hate to call them mini reworks, but they, I guess they kind of are just, uh, there's significant changes to four of our champions, not an entire kit, but you know, maybe a few abilities. The first one we have up is Janna. Uh, Janna's passive is getting tweaked. Her passive used to be where she would get bonus magic damage based on her bonus move speed. That would be applied to both her auto attacks as well as her W, Zephyr. Uh, so she would get, uh, she would, I, I don't know if you ever did this in uh, support, but you know, you could run uh, Comet and then run, uh, is it Cheap Shot uh, through the oh, yeah. uh, domination tree? And just really, you can run Janna as this uh, really you know, kind of poke threat uh, in the bot lane from support. So that was that was pretty uh, oppressive. So they're making this change. Uh, also on her passive, that effect is changing from just 8% 8, 8 move speed altogether uh, to only 8% move speed while moving toward allies. So mm -hmm. she's uh, going to have that little bit of a change uh, as well. And then the other significant one is going to be on her E, which is her shield called Eye of the Storm. Previously... Anytime she's CC'd an enemy champion, it would, re would reduce the E cooldown by 20%. Now, when she impairs an enemy champion's movement, it's going to grant her an additional 20% healing and shield power. So instead of being able to shield more often, she's just going to have a stronger shield after that. Yeah, and I, I'm always a fan of um, refining what a champion is supposed to do. Um, for example, Janna with like you were talking about earlier with running the comet and running the cheap shots. Uh, I always initially, especially when I started playing the game, a Janna screamed, you know, enchanter to me or the classic support role. Uh, you buff up your, your, um, your teammates and you just let them run wild. And your goal is to keep them alive as much as possible. And anybody that's played bot lane or support recently, um, you know, in the last, you know, probably last two or three years that this is, it's been like this. Janna was also, especially in the early levels, super oppressive with her poke um could chunk you out better than a lot of people uh especially early on in those first few levels so i'm always happy when they refine this and push them more towards that enchanter level i'm excited to see uh how influential the extra 20 percent heal and shield power is going to be um when she lands those tornadoes uh so we'll see what happens very cool and uh yeah i, I think too with with Janna, uh, for anybody that hasn't picked up Janna yet, uh, she is a great support to pick up. Uh, her Q cancels so many abilities uh, in the game. So if you ever want to work on um, kind of like your your reactions and kind of twitch reflexes for canceling um, 
uh, Leona E's or Ringar dashes or Cosmic, all those sorts of things. Janus Q blocks so many of those and disrupts them. Uh, so she's a great support champion if you want to start working on uh, things like that. Uh, I think I've got your audio stuff mixed. I think it was on my end. I think I had some additional noise suppression put in. So you Wait. may have sounded a little robotic there for a while. <laughs> we won't find out until I go back and I listen to the <laughs> to listen to the recording. No but. problem. Oh, well, we just scrap it. We start all over again. Uh, oh, okay. So. We do that. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's go back. <laughs> uh, the next significant change uh, that we're going to see here in this patch is a change to Ringar's ultimate. His ultimate is getting a passive. That passive is Ringar will also be able to leap attack when camouflaged. So this is uh, as a result of all of the complaints that Ringar mains have been making since the introduction of the Kim soul, the Kim tech soul, in the sense that uh, all of those, the, the brush is gone, so Ringar can't you know just leap anytime he wants uh, in that jungle. Well now, post level six, or post when he puts points into his ultimate, he can leap from camouflage. And this doesn't just include Kim fog, this also includes the Senna E. So uh, be look be on the lookout for Senna plus Ringar combos coming your way. Yeah, this is uh, one of those times where I really have to balance my um, dislike of a specific champion with uh, things that are definitely needed. We, we talked about this last week. Uh, the camouflage or the Kintech uh, dragon removes some of those bushes, so Ringar will struggle um, or struggled until this change was made. But also, as a former AD carry main, Riot, just remove Ringar, please. Um, I don't even play bot lane anymore. I don't even play squishy champions anymore. And I still get a little bit of PTSD flashbacks every time I see a Ringar. So, oh, well, and anything that involves Ringar being played more is bad news on my end. Yeah. Anything that could just one shot you when you're already fed <laughs> as an AD carry and, and it's behind, um, which we'll talk a little bit more about champions that can one shot you and maybe can one shot you a little bit less. But, uh, this one definitely is, is very, very scary. And we'll, we'll see how this pans out, and maybe they need to uh, tweak it a little bit. We'll find out. Uh, next, I, I, think this, I think this change is really cool. Um, I, I grinded Senna for a while when uh, she first came out, got up to Mastery 7 on her, and then retired her uh, like I do a lot of the ADCs. Uh, but Senna was just so fun when she had the old Glacial Augment. Uh, and all of your auto attacks slowed. Well, once they once they changed Glacial Augment, uh, then Senna kind of lost that part that that basically that keystone that made her uh, really strong in that role. So what they've done now is they've changed her Q a little bit so that now her Q will slow enemies by twenty percent, and that twenty percent slow will scale based on uh, 6% of the AP and 10% of uh, bonus AD, and it's a two-second slow. So I, I don't know if they're going to leave the numbers like that. It seems like you could really uh, scale that slowing up quite a bit. Um, and, and we'll see. And, and two, her Q does, the cooldown gets reduced uh, mm -hmm. by basic attacks so she's gonna it's basically perma slowings think of um think of your ash auto attacks but instead it's going to be aoe form yeah um as far as this goes i'm i like that they gave her a little bit more like you said this this was um kind of a given with the old glacial augment and really affected her when that was changed um and we really haven't seen a ton of senna lately 
And I, I think that glacial augment change was a big reason why. So I'm definitely a fan of giving her some CC that's not necessarily super oppressive early game. But like you said, this potentially, we're going to see some really interesting clips eventually of like a super late game Senna that is just stacked AD the entire time, uh, just pretty much slowing somebody to the point where they can't move. And I'm, I'm excited to see it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's, I'm thinking, I'm envisioning a, a Trendomir on uh, the enemy team, just not mm -hmm. able to get onto the Senna, just constantly yeah. being slowed. He'll spin <laughs> every now and then, but she's she's created so much distance that it doesn't even matter anymore. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Well, we, we could potentially see Senna back in the meta uh, more, not just because of this change, but because of the Tom Kench changes mm. that are also coming through. Two changes coming to Tom Kench. Uh, first, uh, the first one's on his E, his gray health. Used to be uh, the same amount no matter when he, he popped it, right? Um, now it is increased... Uh, if there are two or more nearby visible enemies, whether dead or alive. So Tom Kanch, after they made the changes, they swapped his W to his R and, and vice versa. He found his new home in the top lane, and that's where he's mm -hmm. been. Um, and I'm sure you can talk to us more uh, about that. Um, but you know, talking about this this switch, and you know, maybe you've played a little bit of Tom Kanch or played into him. How oppressive was he uh, in that top lane? Uh, Tom Kinch was very oppressive, and then we saw him played constantly uh, at the end of the last season, all throughout the preseason, and pretty much up until this patch is going to go through. Um, he was tanky early game because of his E. Uh, he also did a lot of base damage early, so he could duel with the best of them. Um, we saw him all, all everywhere. Uh, he was omnipresent. Um, these changes are going to be very, very interesting. Uh, like you said, that E gray health, uh, you're not going to get that max value early game, uh, top lane anymore. You won't really get that until maybe a gank, um, or a team fight later on, which I think is going to let people, if you do see a Tom Kinch top lane, it's going to increase, uh, the other champions have been, uh, abilities to, uh, one V one him. Uh, like I said, that gray health was pretty nuts early game. Um, uh, but what I'm most excited about is the devour change. Um, so the allied, uh, shield has changed, uh, that's been increased and scales even more with AP now. Um, but the most important part, uh, is that instead of now being slowed, uh, when you devour, uh, an allied teammate, you are now, uh, Tom Kinch is granted 40% movement speed for three seconds, which is probably one of the more important things they could have done there. Um, with the way that it worked, uh, it was pretty much irrelevant using it on a teammate, uh, playing as a Tom Kinch top. I, if I got fed, if I got tanky, I'm playing him like a bruiser, right? I am diving on to the enemy backline and making life hell for them, trying not to, uh, you know, I can stay alive for so long that really I can do whatever I want. Um, so I'm trying to get my stacks on the AD carry, eat them, throw them back into my team and go from there. Not often did I see a time where it would have been more useful to grab a teammate, especially with the slow. I couldn't just grab them and run, right? If I grab them, chances are the enemy team's going to hop on us and they're dead anyways as soon as I come out of that. Um, but now with the granted movement speed and the potential changes to R or to, to E, making uh, Tom Kench support more viable, we will probably be seeing a lot more allies eaten by Tom Kench. It's going to be a little easier to save him. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, too, with the with the long cooldown, I mean, it is a two-minute cooldown still mm -hmm. uh, on his ultimate, so it's not going to be as crazy as it was when he was 
you know, the like kind of right. premier pick if you have a weak ADC that needs some protection. And we, we saw a lot of Varus, Tom Kinch, uh, even in pro play, you know, and it was very frustrating. And that's one of the reasons why they made the change was because it was so frustrating and it was boring right. to watch too, because you have this pocket Tom Kinch and he's always devouring the ADC and it's, and it's safe. But now with the two minute cooldown, you're not going to see it that often, but I think people are going to be caught off guard by how fast he's going to be moving because mm -hmm. it's not like they just remove the slow. They actually remove the slow to bring him up to regular speed and then tacked more on top of that. So yeah. uh, the catfish is going to be zooming when he <laughs> when he has a teammate <laughs> in, his, in his belly. Yeah, I mean, if teams aren't careful, um, you know, you you spot an enemy AD carry or an enemy mage or really anybody on the enemy team, uh, you dump a lot of your damage and CC into them, uh, especially any of your stuns. You think you've got them locked up, you're good to go. Boom, here comes the catfish out of Fog of War. Uh eat up the teammate and zoom away and there's nothing you can do to stop him anymore. Like you said, it's going to be a little less annoying because that is a conscious decision. Some Kinch players are going to have to make because it is a long cooldown. Uh, you can't just use it, you know, just kind of, a uh, not thinking about it too much because if you waste it, you don't have that for the next fight. You don't potentially have it to save somebody in a scarier situation or, uh, to try and eat somebody that is diving onto your back line and, and get them off of your AD carry. So Yes, they still have to think about it because of the two-minute cooldown, but we'll still see it a lot more on those allied champions because of the uh, because of the boost. So that'll be fun. For sure, for sure. All right, so those are all of the kind of mini reworks uh, that we have going on for this patch. Next, we're going to take a look at the buffs or what has been uh, labeled as buffs. Um, nothing <laughs> uh, crazy significant here. You've got some HP per level scaling on uh, Nocturne. His QAD ratio is going up a little bit. Um, a little bit of love thrown to Volibear with a lower cooldown on his E80 per level going up. The Wind Brothers are getting an extra 5% AD ratio on their cues i guess that's to compensate for some of the uh lethal tempo nerfs that will be coming through but i always felt like um these two are are kind of oppressive <laughs> in, the, in the right hands anyway so we'll see how this uh q buff works out uh vagar could be interesting you may be seeing more vagar his uh his q stacks go from two to three i'm sorry his um uh gosh I i'm missing the uh is it uh over no what's his um his passive name where he stacks up the ability power. Oh Lord. I haven't played Vagar in at least three years. <laughs> I, no I want to say like overwhelming power, but I, I'm not, I'm not sure that's it. Um, but uh, basically uh, he, he can gain uh, instead of two stacks on that, he's going to gain three when he kills large minions and large monsters in the jungle. So just for cannon minions really as uh, how primarily how that's going to be used. Mm -hmm. uh, Tristana, you get a little bit of, base HP and HP regen. And then uh, Samira's ultimate is going to now have our damage per bullet uh, starting at the first rank of her ultimate. Previously, her first rank of her ultimate gave her zero damage uh, per bullet, just like a base damage per bullet. It just scaled kind of off of her uh, bonus AD. Uh, but now it's going to have that additional uh, damage right at level one. So Senna's ultimate going to be a little bit more powerful. So uh, any buffs uh, that you see here worth, you think worth noting or talking about? Um, I mean, not really. I will say that uh, I did look it up. Uh, Vagar's passive is called Phenomenal Evil Power, ah. which is such a fun name. <laughs> um, but no, like you said, not too many um, notable buffs. 
like you said, we see the Int brothers getting uh, getting those ghost buffs. Like you said, to compensate for the lethal tempo, they were already getting a little weaker just because of uh, the the lethal tempo changes and the item changes we've seen go through. Once again, they fall into that category of I'm very happy to never see them in my games. So we'll we'll see if this contributes to that or not. Um, I am interested to see the Samira buffs and see if that helps out at all because I did feel like her ult early game um, sometimes almost it wasn't even worth using, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, arguments can be made there, but yeah, definitely excited to see, see if that changes anything too much. I'm with you on that. It almost felt like a bait, you know, as soon mm-hmm. as you hit level six on Samira, it was very tempting to just stack up your style points, you know, get the devil mm-hmm. may cry S and then just dive in and pop your ult. And then it's like, okay, well, I'm not really doing much damage here and I get insta CC'd and killed. <laughs> Um, yeah. so, uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. That's, that's interesting. Um, yeah, it was definitely more useful to, uh, once you got to your vamp scepter or you finish your immortal shield boat, that's when it really started to, uh, kick in and be useful. So we'll see. Awesome. All right. So nerfs, some significant things. Yeah. I think there's more to talk about in the nerfs, even though there are less nerfs than there are buffs. Mm-hmm. I think some of these are much more significant than some of the buffs that we saw. Um, Shen, uh, since the TP changes have come through, uh, Shen with his ultimate there, you know, he can still do those cross map plays uh, without unleash teleport. So in order to compensate that and kind of bring him back in line, they're going to knock down his Q damage uh, by mm-hmm. 1% at all ranks. Uh, Talon nerfs, I think this is going to be pretty significant. Uh, one of the, the ways that Talon got switched into the jungle, not only because of the parkour and being able to uh, get in and get out pretty quickly, but the bonus damage to monsters off of his rake uh, was at 130%. They're dropping that all the way down to 105%. So possibly we'll be seeing less Talon jungle, maybe more Talon mid, um, or uh, maybe he's going to be more of kind of a niche pick instead of one that we see uh, regularly. A uh, few changes to Kiana. Grass zone uh, has been nerfed instead of three and a half seconds. It's down to three seconds. Lulu has had her W cooldown increased by one second at all ranks. So less polymorphs or um, is it whimsy? I think whimsy is when you cast it it's on whimsy. an ally. And then, uh, yeah, the Zed nerfs. I'm so excited about this one. If you're excited about, uh, you know, or, or if you want to talk about champions to get out of the game, you never want to see again. The R base damage from Zed's ultimate is dropping from 100% of his AD all the way down to 65%. So Riot's um, rationale here is they want Zed players to exercise more of Zed's kit and be more, you know, show more skill expression there and actually land those abilities uh, instead of him just maybe hitting two shurikens and then you get yeah. insta-gibbed from uh, the ult popping. Yeah, and I mean, every AD knows that feeling. Uh, you, you see as a fed Zed, even just, you know, straight up that level six ult um, coming into your lane, you dodge pretty much everything. They might hit one shuriken, uh, and then boom, it's like, oh, there goes three quarters of my HP and it's just game over at that point. So definitely excited to see that. Um, like you said with Talon, uh, I think that's really the one thing holding Talon back recently, uh, was that his early clear was really rough. Um, and so even without that, he was still very strong. So I think this is probably going to relegate him to, uh, you have to know your stuff with Talon jungle now to play them, uh, knowing your clear, knowing your potential, uh, and being able to handle it there, which very excited about talent jungle was pretty oppressive whenever somebody got rolling with it. So um definitely excited to see those. Uh, but I personally, as a top lane main, 
am very excited to see the Shin nerfs. Um, Shin with that increased mobility, thanks to his ult, um, it was really frustrating to not only be able to have somebody uh, be able to teleport pre-14, uh, pre-minute 14 onto uh, a fight or onto uh, an allied champion and get there earlier than you, but also that he could outduel you, especially early game, right? Shin very early on is um, very deceptively strong. If he lands that Q, uh, drags that sword through you, now he's going to slow and he's going to do extra damage. Um, it could take a, a pretty big chunk out of you. So I'm not too upset to see this. Um, keeps his core identity, being able to teleport around the map uh, and loses some of the extra stuff he had in his kit, that extra dual uh, potential. So... Yeah, absolutely. I, and I think, too, with the Talon nerfs, I, one of the major things that made Talon so oppressive in the jungle, it was so easy for him to counter counter jungle. Mm. Uh, you know, parkouring over the walls to get, you know, start at the enemy wolves uh, and then go and hit Blue and Gromp on his way out, just, you know, getting it out really, really quickly. Um, so now he's going to have to spend a little bit more time trying to take those enemy jungle camps. I think he's still going to be great at counter jungling, but the potential for him getting caught is more likely now instead yeah. of him uh, getting in doing it before you even realize uh, he was there. So uh, definitely some welcome nerfs. I, I think um, I don't know how how much the Lulu W is, is going to do because the, the mm -hmm. cooldown's already high enough already. You're not really going to get off multiple polymorphs and in one team fight, especially early, maybe late game with enough ability haste, um, you will, but definitely early game. I, I don't think the additional cooldown time is going to make a difference. All right. So items. So, uh, there's one that, uh, Lucas and I were talking before we went live. One of these snuck in at the 11th hour, but, uh, we'll get to that. Lich Bane is getting a little bit of a buff. Uh, ability haste is being added to the item. So 15 ability haste. People have been clamoring for that. So of course the build path is changing to, uh, kind of compensate for that. Uh, the spell blade effect on there is getting a little bit, uh, it's getting a tweak. Uh, the base AD, 150% base AD is being dropped for additional AP. And then the cooldown on that uh, is being dropped as well. So uh, hard to, if you want to call it a buff or a nerf, um, I guess it really depends. The ability haste is definitely something people have been asking for. Uh, Rylai's Crystal Scepter cost is being dropped significantly. I would say 400 gold is, yeah. is quite a bit. Uh, the AP is being dropped as well, but the health is going up. So kind of a, you know, a little bit of buff, a little bit of a nerf, uh, you know, you get a little bit of each there. And then the final one that you're going to see is, uh, the Kim tech or Kim tank, uh, item, the mythic here, the damage gained stacks from monster and champion damage is now from champion damage. Um, I'm sorry, monster and champion damage only, not just damage that you've applied to anything and then the movement stacks that you gain that give the increased damage when you finally attack those are capped at 10 stacks per command now all the way up until the these patch notes were released we could follow stuff on the pbe follow on uh surrender at 20 on twitter we didn't see anything on this item there and it just slipped in right here when the patch notes came out this is uh, a direct answer to the tank Akalis that have been in uh, high elo right now. If you're looking at playing the tank Akali, tonight is the last night to be able to do that. That is uh, Wednesday, January the 19th. Um, my understanding is 
she could e backwards if she made contact with her with uh the the flip on the enemy champion uh she's get she's gaining distance from kicking backwards which would stack up uh chem tank and then when she reactivated the second cast of e the travel that she was taking was also gaining stacks the entire time there uh, so by the time she made contact with the enemy, she would just, you know, just have this gigantic chunk of damage uh, hit there. So they're changing it so that you can only get 10 stacks per movement command that you've issued. So you throw the E one time, no matter how far you move, you can only get 10 stacks. So uh, that's one that's come in. Maybe a lot of people haven't seen that, but uh, tonight's the night if you're going to try it. Yeah, um, and uh, I-, I haven't really seen this too much part of that is that i'm currently silver elo um and akali is already a difficult champion in fact if i see an akali most of the time they're running it down um <laughs> <laughs> and i feel like tank akali is a little harder to execute um you have to know that champion a little bit more uh so hopefully this addresses that problem that we were, we've been seeing um, or at least makes them have to think a little bit more about about what they're going to do and what they're going to build on tank akali um so you know, I'll keep around, uh, keep an eye out and uh, look at some OPGGs and watch some streams and see if we're seeing any less of those. But um, not huge changes for me with uh, Kimtech. And then as far as ability haste or not ability haste, uh, Lichbane and Rileys, I don't really see these too much. Um, I'm a top lane player and I don't really play any AP people top lane. I love that they did add ability haste to Lichbane. It just feels very natural. Um, I'm going to be honest, I haven't built it in so long that I'm surprised it didn't already have ability haste on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, there's that. Um, and then I do also, I, I like that Riley's they're kind of making it more of a choice there. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's cheaper, uh, but it's going to, you know, for some AP champions, it was just a brainless pick. Like, yes, I'm going to get Riley's. It makes me a little bit tankier, um, add some CC to my kit. Uh, and I get 90 AP from it. Uh, you're getting less AP now, a little more health, and it's a little cheaper. So maybe now it's a little bit more of a, okay, do I want this over extra, you know, significantly more AP that I could get from a different item? So uh, interested to see if anybody changes build uh, paths because of that. Um, have to keep an eye on that one too. Yeah, for sure. And I don't play any champions that even take, that, that mm-hmm. use Lich Bane. So I, I don't know. I really don't even play champions that, use Rileys. Uh, so, uh, you know, this, this doesn't really impact, uh, me at all either way. So we'll, we'll see, maybe I'll, maybe I'll see my opponents, uh, building it. You, but. you haven't been building Rileys on your, uh, your fearsome Anivia? On the bird? No, just because the, the R already slows. So. That makes sense. Yeah. I just, and, and did they, did they change it? So those don't stack? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I'm a I'm a little ignorant. I, I don't know if they changed it so it's like a flat, you know, because I, I think Riley's like a, what a forty percent slow. I think Anivia's R is a twenty percent slow, and then you throw <laughs> the. I don't know if it's kind of like they stack and now it's a sixty percent slow, or there's a way that they calculate <laughs> and you have like diminishing returns. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, somebody's going to go back and listen to this, or, or live chat right now is going to correct me. Um, all I know, all I know is I'm like fourteen and one on the bird, so. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing. Very nice. Yeah, keep doing it. Keep doing it. <laughs> Some system changes coming through as well. Chemtech Soul is getting a lot of nerfs coming through. Uh, the bleed out uh, when you go into zombie form is now three seconds instead of four. Uh, the ma- the health that you get in zombie form is reduced. 
The chem fog that you see in the map when it's a chemtech soul uh, is the recamo timer has been extended. So if you're in a fog and you're camouflaged and then you auto attack to break camo, previously it was one and a half seconds. Um, now it's two and a half seconds and they changed it that um, used to you could exit the fog and then re-enter the fog and always like re-camo right away. Now that re-camo follows that rule, that re-camo uh, timer. So if you were standing at the edge of the fog, you couldn't auto leave and then re-enter and then auto re-camo yourself. And then the dam but but the damage amplification has gone up. So there is mm -hmm. that where um, if you're fighting somebody that has greater maximum health, I believe it is, then you do uh, increased damage to them uh, as a result of uh, the, uh, I guess, Kim, is it the soul or is it in the fog? Uh is this the hmm. so the damage amp on the uh chem tag so let me oh damage amp is going to come from the individual dragons because they okay. do um each dragon gives you bonus all right yeah uh, yeah, yeah that's right per max health it's the stacks yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. gotcha There's so much to keep up with <laughs> no worries uh hextech drake the soul damage has been reduced this was 25 to 75 uh, true damage that was scaling uh, now it's 25 to 50. So that one's getting a little bit of a nerf. The slow is still there, but the damage has dropped off a little bit. And then lethal tempo is being adjusted instead of a flat attack speed that you gain per stack. Uh, now it scales with your level. So if you're a melee champion, it scales from 10 to 75%. I believe that's levels one to 15. And then for range champions, it's three to 35%. I believe that is levels one to 12. I think they kind of tweaked it because they don't want a, a lot of ranged users uh, abusing lethal tempos as well as the melee users can. Yeah, and, and I'm excited to see this. I mean, it's... I've always felt like lethal tempo was definitely more of a um, mid to late game uh, keystone that you should be taking anyways. Um, it especially lately it's been very oppressive right getting that flat attack speed meant that a lot of champions um were just able to stack it so quickly and become very oppressive very early on i, I mean i'm talking a level two or level three um if you're in the wrong spots you can get run down by a lot of these you know the yones that you were seeing top lane the jaxes that you were seeing top lane so uh, i'm not upset about this at all um definitely hopefully uh promotes some a little more rune diversity uh i was seeing some champions that were taking other things just taking lethal temple because it was so good right things that they normally wouldn't be taking um so i'm definitely excited to see a little tempo lethal tempo nerf um not happy to see the damage amplification for Kimtech, but that's just because i've been playing a lot of orn lately and it, anytime that's in there it's always going to affect me so oh well um and then Hextech Soul Damage nerf, very down to see that. I said this last week on Rift Happens, but um, I really enjoyed that the Hextech um, Soul, most of the advantage that I, I see from that comes from the all-in with uh, any kind of all-in comp, right? Being able to start a team fight, and now the enemy team can't escape you, right? You are adding those AoE slows and extending that team fight and making it harder to get away. Um, and so the damage on top was... Eh, maybe a little overkill, so I'm not too upset to see it um, to see it get changed. 
I'm with you. All right, so that is going to wrap up patch 12.2. Those are all the changes that should hit tomorrow. If you're watching us live right now, it's going to hit Thursday, January the 20th. Um, but if you're tuning in after that, then uh, that patch has already dropped. So uh, you can read those patch notes or just listen to us while you're driving around in the car. Now it is time for <laughs> listener responses. I really liked uh, this question. I think it turned out well. We had some really cool responses here. We have um, some <laughs> some of our, our listeners like really got really excited about this prompt and went all out with uh, you know a whole cast of, of characters here. But uh, basically the question is, if there were a live action League of Legends movie, which champion would you want to be included? And which actor or actress would be the star? And you know, when we posed that, I was expecting, okay, one champ and then they name an actor or actress. But we've got some where they've built out, you know, 20 different scenarios of who's gonna play which particular champion, uh, what the movie's gonna be about. I mean, it's we we really go kind of all out uh, for this question, and we're gonna give them that uh their their moment uh, we're gonna read <laughs> we're gonna read these out so uh lucas i'm gonna let you take the first one here since it's oh, your of course you state would. of course you would uh thank you thank you thank you um by the way i am glowing uh going into this blind so this is the first time i'm seeing a lot of these responses <laughs> so um speaking of in-state brethren like you said uh eric 29 from mississippi um once again i might need to ride down the road and ask him some more uh, in-depth questions about this but he has <laughs> He wants to see Nidalee played by, um, and I can never remember how to pronounce his last name, uh, Steve, uh, what, how do you pronounce it? Steve Bushimi. Bushimi. Nidalee played by Steve Bushimi. <laughs> I guess the question is, is he playing her human form or her cougar form? <laughs> I'm, I'm envisioning human form, right? Which uh, some of those skins might get a little questionable there. Um <laughs> But also the voice kept like just straight up, you know, no, uh, nothing changed to the voice. Whenever he changes into cougar form, uh, keeping Steve's voice. So that's that's what I'm I'm envisioning in my head right now. Oh, man, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Man. All right. Next, we have Chris, uh, a.k.a. Sarin the Seer uh, in the Co-Travels Discord out of Virginia, says he would like to see uh, Lee Sin in a movie played by Jet Li, uh, mm. Trendemir. Played by Jason Momoa. I think that's a solid yeah, uh, pick there. Solid. And uh, Graves, played by Norman Reedus, Daryl from The Walking Dead. So I, I think that one's an inch. I think Norman Reedus would have to bulk up a little bit, um, but, mm -hmm. he, but I think he's got the voice and the uh, the fan presence there that, that he could pull it yeah, off for sure. And I definitely, it's one of those where it's not the first person I think of when I uh, think Graves. Like when I think Graves, I think Hugh Jackman. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know. It still fits. I, I definitely see it. So that's, that's a good pick there, Chris. Um, next up we've got, uh, Drake and I'm not going to read out your tagline, uh, because your answer has actually upset me greatly, um, <laughs> from Arkansas. And he would like to see a movie that features Danny DeVito as Greg is. <laughs> I was wondering how many D Danny DeVito responses we'd get. And so far we're, we're three in and I have not been let down. <laughs> uh, Drake, oh, uh, also man. known as the sexiest mid laner in uh, coach rivals. Uh, <laughs> well, from coach rivals season two, he was the sexiest mid laner. 
Oh, um, that implies that you have somebody else in mind for season one. Season one, uh, there there could be. I mean, you know, we gotta <laughs> let everybody have a chance at the crown. I guess. Mm. Uh, Gragas. I don't know. I you know, I thought um, maybe a Chris Farley as uh, yeah. Gragas. I thought would be. Uh, yeah, Danny Video cool. is a a touch too small. Yeah. You know, just a, <laughs> Uh, body wise fits perfectly um voice a little much too but eh, I'm, I'm willing to give it a try <laughs> all right next we have uh aaron uh also known as coach mustang out of los angeles california says i think that a kale morgana story could offer enough conflict resolution to make into a movie i agree uh she says i would cast jennifer lawrence as kale and emma stone as morgana very nice uh yeah i love that she included um kale morgana in general just has a storyline because that is probably my favorite weren't we supposed to get um or did i just black out and forget uh weren't we supposed to get an event with kale morgana i've always thought they had a super cool storyline and i agree jennifer lawrence and emma stone uh would be perfect to see that played out yeah there's a lot in the lore there that they could uh they could really explore i'm not big on league of legends lore uh but i have uh i know i'm sorry but i've read some things on the subreddit where you know people would get really into it i'm like okay and it's like i respect it uh mm-hmm. it's just not it's not my thing but i see people they'll they'll always talk about the kale morgana lore and uh apparently it's got a it's it's pretty popular and people like it so i think uh right could cash in on that at some point <laughs> Yeah, agreed. I don't. Why you've given me all the joke ones? Now I'm I'm reading my next one just to prep myself oh, so I don't laugh yeah. in the middle of it. But, this one's uh, I, this I, one's I, a, uh, an essay. We, <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So next up, we have got Canon Teach out of Colorado. Um, first off, he starts with the serious options. Uh, Echo, played by Jaden Smith, um, also believes that Kane's story would make a great horror film, played by Timothy Chalamet, because Jawline. Um, or Daniel Radcliffe because that guy is unhinged already. Uh, <laughs> it is true. He is. Um, or at least his roles are. Uh, less serious options. And he stole mine. This was going to be one of mine. Oh, no. Uh, Malphite, played by Dwayne The Rock Johnson, for obvious reasons. Uh, Ramus, played by anyone who can say okay in that special way that gives my heart joy. It makes you think there's so much more going on in that spiky dude's head than he lets on. Uh, Set, played by Channing Tatum, for obvious reasons. Uh, Timo played by Coop. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then a final serious one, Ash played by Catherine Winnick. Okay, last one, I swear, Uter played by Michael Kudlitz, who I have no idea who that is. That is uh, Abraham from The Walking Dead. Uh, oh, okay. I believe. Interesting. Uh, yeah, he, uh, well, I don't want to give any spoilers <laughs> away in case nobody's watched Uh-oh. The Walking Dead, so I'm not going to say, uh, I'm not gonna say <laughs> okay. anything. Yeah, some interesting uh, selections there. So did so he took your Malphite pick? Yes, he did. That was going to be my my one of my selections for um, my choices for characters played by a movie or uh, yeah actors. <laughs> so unfortunate, but a good a great pick. Very very happy that we had the same uh, thought process there. And 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 uh, Ken and Teach did say in the Discord that we had to read his entire. He did. Uh, you know submission there so uh so we did we did we followed through we did uh um, next do you think he okay. do, do, do you think he plays a lot of ramus um I, i'm gonna i'm gonna err on the side of uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He, he had so many uh so many words attributed to describing ramus there that he didn't attribute to everyone else and he didn't even mm-hmm. include an actor or actress to play him yeah 
So, uh, yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot of Ramus love happening. For sure. In uh, Colorado there. Uh, next up is Kate out of Oklahoma. She uh, says, John Cena as set. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe The Rock plays set. Uh, she says, anyway, set would be a cool champ on screen. I agree. Uh, Seth's, Seth's super fun. Love all of his voice lines. Um, you know, I'm a mama's boy too, so it's always fun to to hear those call outs. But um, I think his story is really interesting too. Just an arena fighter who doesn't really want to be doing it and, um, and and all that stuff that goes along with it. So very fun. So you're very educating fun. me on the lore because I have no oh, yeah. I have no clue. Yeah, Seth's whole thing is that, um, you know, like I think he has a voice line along the lines of if anybody tells my mom, like I'll punch your teeth out or something like that. <laughs> um, so very interesting. Also doesn't, you know, makes references to his lack of a father as well. So okay. um, we've got plenty of room there for a tearjerker uh, action comedy. So oh. I think I think they need to tap into that. I like it. Okay, very cool. Um, next up, we've got Mr. Hernandez Teaches from Texas. Um, <laughs> Amumu, have you ever seen Mummies Alive? It'll be like that, but he's so sad. How did he get so sad? Why is he sad? Who did this to him? Uh, another response where we don't actually get an actor or actress. Um, so I don't know. And I've never seen Mummies Alive either, so... No. Um, I'm just going to have to take your word for it. Uh, but he's so passionate speeches. about it too. And I think that's what, that's what sells me on it as being a, a good idea. I'm Googling uh, <laughs> mummies alive real quick. Oh, it's, Oh, okay. It's a cartoon animated series from 1997. Okay. Okay. I think uh, this looks vaguely familiar. Yeah. Uh, I was born in 97. So, um, oh, geez. definitely thing. did not see this <laughs> <laughs> little fella. <laughs> uh, oh man. Okay. I was, I was 13 when you were born. <laughs> nice. Nice. Oh man. All right. So uh, I was going to make another age joke here, but I won't Piper Maru out of Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> she, she'll know. Uh, she said Chris Hemsworth as Jace. In an arcane live action spinoff, I think that's that's pretty cool. Already taking some of yeah. the storyline that's there, just building upon it. Uh, so going over uh, to a spinoff, but uh, Chris Hemsworth, mm-hmm. fully agree, fully agree. I mean, he just plays the you know that the action movies so well and very charismatic. So yeah, I'm down. I'm also always down for more arcane. So no problems there. I, I we were. Um, we took a, our Christmas vacation was to Houston. We stayed in Airbnb mm-hmm. and uh, for some reason we, we, we actually canceled Netflix here at the house. So um, because we didn't, um, well, we never used it. Uh, so we yeah. canceled Netflix and then Arcane came out. But when we were in Houston, they had Netflix. So uh, my nice. son and I watched all of Arcane oh, except boy. for the last episode. <laughs> we got all the way up to that. And then before the last episode, it's like, all right, time to pack up and go home. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. So you just haven't seen it. Just, so I never know. I don't know what happens. Just, just waiting. <laughs> yeah. Never know. Oh, no. <laughs> nice. Okay. All right. Uh, next up, we have Aaron slash Aiden. Um, and we've had a lot of laughs about his double first name, uh, name and summoner name, uh, from Colorado. Uh, another good jokey answer that I thought about doing, uh, Nicholas Cage as Ezreal. <laughs> it, it just fits. It just fits. Um, but more seriously, Tilda Swinton could play Lissandra or Camille really well, which I totally agree with. Okay. Um, she definitely plays the, uh, 
like ghostly tall slender ladies really well so very very down for that i had to look up okay i know who that is i had to look up who tilda swinton was okay oh yeah i recognize uh i recognize the face Mm -hmm. i shouldn't recognize the name all right wow awesome okay yeah some really good ideas here yeah the nicholas cage is Ezreal. uh all right this fits Uh, all right then we have uh psychazi out of arkansas says the world of runeterra is being threatened by random appearances of void monsters malzahar played by andy circus is going around opening void portals and unleashing terrible beasts into the world Kaiza, played by Jessica Henwick, has to team up with Cassidy, played by Tom Hardy, great choice by the way, to enter the void itself and defeat Malzahar. Also starring Chris Hemsworth as Olaf, <laughs> Simu Liu as Lee Sin, Matthew McConaughey as Twisted Fate, <laughs> and Jeff Bridges as Grace. This is oh, a man. this is a a uh, movie synopsis here. Yeah, basically, great. this is like you're gonna you read this on IMDb one day. Mm-hmm. Yo, I look. I love this because um, Tom Hardy as Cassidy is actually a great casting. Mm-hmm. I never thought of it, even across my mind, but so perfect. Um, and then I had to look up who Jessica Henwick are and, and Jeff Bridges. Um, but I'm still looking up Jeff Bridges. Actually, who's this? You know who Jeff Bridges is? No, I don't know who Jeff Bridges oh, is. Man. Okay. Oh, I know who Jeff Bridges uh, is. Young okay. fella. Young fella. That's because you're right. so young. No, no, no. I well, okay. You know, scene. Um, Chad. Hey, scene Chad movie. is on my side, by the way. Oh my God! I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Yeah, I should have said anything. Uh, I should just give him a break. Like He's I fresh knew. out of the crib. Okay. What can just, I say? <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Bridges wasn't a character on you know, Blue's Clues or anything like that, so he's, he's completely oblivious. The Backyardigans. Whatever. There you go. See, look, if they're not on those, then I don't know. <laughs> so I, I, I think um, like I love Christopher Nolan movies, and of course Tom Hardy is in like every single Christopher Nolan movie. Uh, oh. So him as Cassidy, I would I would love that. I think he's mm-hmm. been great in everything that he's that he's been in. So, uh, I'd be and then I just looked up, yeah, I just looked up Jessica Henwick and it picture perfect casting. Very, really, very Kaisa. Yeah. Okay, I'll be honest. I don't know who that is. So, mm. it's not as bad as not even. knowing what who is she. Jeff well, I, is. Look, I didn't know her either. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, hit us with our next. Oh, actually, no. The the next one is uh, is still Psychosy out of Arkansas. He, oh, he, he did dropped, another one. He, he makes another submission to say, oh, <laughs> and Kevin Hart is Vagar. <laughs> okay, nice. nice. All right. Because well, even in Vagar's <laughs> lines, he talks about, oh, short joke, eh? You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's perfect. Perfect. All right, hit us with the last one. This is from Schmitty J. Okay, our last one's from Schmitty J uh, from Colorado. Uh, Gal Gadot would make a great did I say that right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Would make a great Kate or Sivir or Samira. Uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson would make a fantastic Dr. Mundo. Okay. Uh, Jim Carrey as Singe. That'd be interesting. Wow. Uh, Bruce Lee, R.I.P. as Lee Sin. Jeremy Renner as Jace. Okay. Interesting. Adam Driver as Victor. <laughs> uh, John Cena as Tarek. Uh, Jared <laughs> Butler as Pantheon. He already did it in 300. Mm-hmm. That all being said, a live action League of Legends movie should never be made. <laughs> love Rift Happens. Love Coach Rivals. Thanks for the weekly joy. Oh, thanks, awesome. Schmitty J. Yeah, thanks, Schmitty J. Um, some, some good some good selections <laughs> there. Any of them uh, really stick out to you? 
Um, I think uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson is Doctor Mundo is is pretty clever. Wouldn't have, wouldn't have pegged him as because you know we normally associate him with a big charismatic hot big guy, not um crazy mad scientist who's uh injected himself with so much stuff that he's going going nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I love Adam Driver, so I'd like to fit Adam Driver into every movie I watch ever. Uh, maybe not as Victor. Uh, just because I don't know. Victor is like screams like wispy, uh, sickly man to me. Uh, whereas Adam Driver, I mean, he could probably pull it off, but oh well. Like I think somebody said Timothy, that Timothy Chalamet earlier. I think mm-hmm. uh, older Timothy Chalamet is like pitch perfect Victor in my head. I, I'm liking but, the Jim Carrey is singed. I think he could play the Mad yeah. Doctor well. Uh, I, I hate oh, sure. to um, bring up this to anyone if they've had repressed memories, but you know he played the know. Riddler in Batman Forever. <laughs> you know the. <laughs> Uh, the crazy guy. I think he could. I think he could pull it off really well for sure. Uh, and I mm-hmm. could have some uh, some interesting interaction uh, with that yeah. with the actor there. So, uh, all right. So, um, before I give mine, you want to hit us with uh, what your selection would be for this? If you could make um, a movie with any character or champion? Yeah, of course. Um, so I will say that my very first one. We already already mentioned this. Um, was what did I say? Somebody stole it and then I forgot. Oh, it was uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson as Malphite. Yes, yeah. just just purely joking, of course. Um, and this one, you know, I kind of cheated on the question a little bit because we did say live action League of Legends movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always really I like thinking of uh, existing champions um, uh, and changing their voice actor maybe a little bit. So I was thinking if Nasus ever makes an appearance. 100% going to need to be animated because there's no way to uh, properly act as a uh, large uh, god dog. Um, <laughs> but uh, I would kill to hear somebody like Morgan Freeman narrate Nasus's voice. Just like a booming, yeah. scary deity. So that'd be cool. Yeah, I think that's I think that's really cool. I didn't think about that. And he doesn't, obviously he's not going to play the, you know, yeah. the, the character, uh, but no, yeah, but, but definitely, definitely the voice. It's kind of like the whole, uh, James Earl Jones, Darth Vader thing. Right. Yeah. That's what I was going along with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would go with, uh, a movie with Jin oh. played by, um, Willem Dafoe. Interesting. Or, uh, Christopher Walken. Oh, interesting. I think either okay. one, either one, uh, I'd be okay with. I think Willem yeah. Dafoe would be better, but if we couldn't get Willem Dafoe, we'll settle for <laughs> Christopher Walken. And I hate even yeah. saying settle for Christopher Walken because I don't think you ever <laughs> settle for Christopher Walken, but I, I feel like Willem Dafoe would be better, especially, yeah. you know, the, the OG Green Goblin. You know, I for think sure. he could, he could play that. Um, that I think the mm-hmm. voice is what's, is what really does it. For oh, me. I agree. I think that'd be a really cool pairing. I will say you did say Jin, and then I immediately thought of James McAvoy. Okay, yeah, that'd be a good so, one too. That'd be yeah. interesting, but oh well. Anyways, awesome, very cool. Well, that that was a fun one. We'll we'll try to, to that was bring, a fun one. bring in some other chats blowing up right now with like yeah. Angelina Jolie as LeBlanc, John Cena as Evelyn, Meryl Streep as Camille. Like I, I don't know what's happening in chat. I think we've lost all control. So we're just gonna move <laughs> on and give them something else to think about oh, uh, here. So uh, Lucas and I uh, spent some time on this next segment, um, basically a comp building uh, checklist. So. Uh, what we would consider 
when we're building our team comps with our our players, right, at the at the high school level, or even potentially through like Clash or even Ranked Flex or, or something like mm-hmm. that. But um, I uh, I I wanted to kind of have us you know bounce these ideas uh, off of each other and also also um, give the opportunity to uh, put these out there again, especially for the coaches that are kind of struggling with grasping the game because League of Legends has an extremely steep learning curve. Uh, and if you're just now getting into it, you have 10 years of catching up to do. And, and that's that's can be very, very difficult. Oh, yeah. So, uh, well, 10 plus years rather. Um, this is in no way an exhaustive checklist. Uh, these are completely opinionated. It's not about uh, who's right, who's wrong, or, or tell anybody that you have to do it the way that we're doing it. Uh, this is just things that, that we think about uh, to kind of help some of our newer coaches on. So, uh, Lucas, I'm going to let you take it away first. Uh, whenever you know, you're building out a comp, uh, what sort of, what is your checklist? What do you go through? Yeah. So uh, one of the very first things that I look for and I like to emphasize with my players, and this is going to get revisited a little bit later on, is that the lower the level of players that I have, the more I want them to focus on uh, comfort picks over like a strict composition uh, adherement. Um, And that's not to say that we don't want to look at, uh, you know, what champions fit together at all. But if we are picking, um, you know, an aggressive bot lane, right? And my bot lane uh, player, my AD carry is like, oh, hey, listen, um, I'm running this. We should pick like a heavy, aggressive, uh, engaged support. And my level seven mastery Lux, um, you know, is told, hey, play Alistair or play Leona. If they haven't touched those champions, no, do not do that, right? That is asking to, uh, asking for, you know, your bot lane to run it down and make that game much more difficulty, uh, much more difficult. Um, so definitely I like to focus on comfort over composition as you get a little bit better. Um, and as you have players that have played a, a longer time, um, that's, you know, comfort champion pool gets a little bit wider and you start fitting in more meta champions that maybe they don't have as much experience on, but you trust them to pull it out anyways. Um, but you know, especially to lower the level comfort over, uh, composition. After that, I also focus on making sure that we have a clear win condition. Um, and that can be anything. Now I do have kiss on there for those of you that are not familiar with the acronym. Um, I use it often. Uh, yes, exactly. That's what it means. Um, for, for those of you that are not familiar with it, I say it often, both when I'm coaching volleyball and when I'm coaching League of Legends or uh, any other esports. Uh, keep it simple, stupid. Um, we want to make sure that if we have a win condition, that it is not uh, overly complicated um, and that no matter what, we can always come back to it and focus. Whether that is um, you know, building a hyper carry bot lane and making sure that all the resources are going to them. And so we know from the very beginning of the game, our goal is to keep them uh, even or get them ahead. Um, and that when we're team fighting, our goal is to keep them alive. Um, or maybe we have a dive composition and we have, you know, a couple of bruisers and an assassin, um, and a mobile AD carry. Uh, we know that that's our win condition, right? And so we are constantly focusing on and talking about this other champion on the other team needs to be eliminated for us to win the fight. And so we're always talking about that and know that that is our win condition. Um, so making it as easy to understand and as easy to keep in mind as possible, um, so even if you're behind, uh, even or ahead, that goal is roughly the same the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, my third one is that I love for my compositions, uh, especially in some lower skilled games, uh, not lower skilled, but lower experience games. I love having an immediate go button where 
Uh, no matter what, if we say fight, we know exactly what should be happening. Uh, up here, if you don't know the icons, I have Kled Ultimate, um, where he hops onto uh, his Skarl in a ball, and they just zoom across the map um, and are, uh, you know, they speed up your team. Um, they latch onto the first person near them and knock them up. Uh, right, That's the kind of stuff that I'm thinking of. Uh, Sona R, where you have a quick um, AoE stun. Uh, Scion R, which is very similar to Kled R, uh, quick engage into the fight. Malphite R, which I think is probably the quintessential go button ultimate, um, you know, pushes that button, dives in, potential multi-person knockup. And then over here I have uh, Rakan R as well. Um, if we have a button uh, or a champion, uh, at least one on, on each in each composition, um, where if I say start a fight, then it is easy to start that fight. And we know exactly what we need to do to start it. Uh, hit your go button and we'll follow up. Um, I also like to make sure that, and this is less like comp building and more so just making sure my players understand our composition. Um, but, you know, draft with the intent of having clear team fighting roles. Um, I have up here four different kinds of champions. We've got Olaf, who is your typical bruiser. Um, he is going to activate that ultimate, uh, dive in and try and cause uh, as much havoc as possible. Um, and provide as much distraction as possible so that, you know, maybe uh, the front line has to peel off and deal with the Olaf so that he doesn't just run down your mid laner or your bot laner. Um, we also have our Nocturne, and we know that our Nocturne's goal is just to uh, dive in, um, once again, cause some chaos and hopefully uh, blow up or assassinate um, a, a high-profile carry on the other team. Then I have your stereotypical tank. Um, where your job is to potentially initiate fights, uh, but you are trying to stay up front and soak up damage, whether that means uh, constantly pushing onto the other team so they have no choice but to focus you or you will get on top of their carries, um, or maybe if you're a little behind and you're on the defense, um, making sure that you stay in front of your carries and make sure that you are using your CC effectively so that um, they have to deal with you instead of just being able to ignore you and jump right onto your uh, friendly carries. Uh, and then we have our our mages, our victors, um, people who maybe if they're ahead, they're going to try and blow somebody up. But for the most part, their goal is just to stay alive and deal as much damage as possible, uh, which is similar to our AD carries. And then our final one, and probably the most important for maybe a young high school team, and I know we definitely have some coaches who deal with this on a daily basis. Please, <laughs> please, please forget counterpicks. Now, I don't mean that in a way that if you have, you know, a million mastery on a champion and you're like, okay, I know this wasn't the plan, but I can pick this and absolutely destroy the other top laner. Then maybe that's something you can entertain. But uh, if you're rolling into a game with four bronzes and a silver and your bronze top laner is like, hey, I've never played her, but OP.GG says that Camille is a great counter to whatever it is that we're trying to play. Um, that like shut it down as early as possible, right? You forget counter picks. Uh, most of the time, that is just if you have experience on that champion. Uh, it also does not take into account, um, or maybe you have to look and dive a little deeper to see if that is just a counter pick based off of win rates, or whether it's a counter pick based off of uh, gold per uh, gold at fifteen. Uh, you know, early uh, lane kills, that kind of stuff. So, um, unless you are supremely confident on a champion, try not to pick for counter picks, especially if you're just looking it up and going, oh, yes, this one is on the list. I'm going to pick that one uh, and try it out first time in a, in a competitive game. So uh, that is my list. Um, I know a couple of them got a little blurred towards the end, but um, you know, generally what I try and follow whenever uh, we're working on Team Comp. 
Yeah, I, I think that's great. And we had that conversation in the Discord the other day about the counterpicks and how, you know, when you when you <clears throat> go to like u.gg or Mobilytics or whatever and they pull those counters, a lot of it is based off of win rate. It's it says, you know, this this one particular champion wins this matchup 54% of the time. You know, therefore it must be a counter, but it's like, well, but there's a lot that goes into that. You know, is this a a recently uh release champion so mm-hmm. uh, like and so everybody's playing it therefore people don't know how to play it therefore they lose more often <laughs> is it in a particular elo where you know uh this one particular champion shines more and is picked more therefore the you know, that win rate is kind of inflated i mean it's just there's a lot that goes into it and and i hate the the win rate being the metric for does this champion mm. counter the other one? I, I prefer sure. to look at like the the kit counters. Like um, earlier, I was in a match uh, against uh, a Wukong and a Yasuo, uh, and I was jungling, so I was like, okay, I pick Poppy because they, you know, whenever I go to gank the Yasuo, he can't, you know, he can't get away through uh, dash through the minions. I can block him with the wall. I can block the Wukong uh dash in with you know his q i mean there's uh or is it his w or his e i think it's his e um but you know there's some of those abilities i can block with a with a kit right and i think you know when you say that like yeah you counter it that way but those things don't show up in those metrics right, right. and and honestly too a lot of those win rates the difference between a 52 percent win rate and then a 49 percent win rate is kind of um it's negligible, right? Yeah, yeah, negligible, and then also influenced heavily by um, how good you are, right? Mm-hmm. So if a champion has, uh, for example, who am I playing a lot of right now? Yorick, for example, doesn't have a phenomenal win rate, hovering at that forty-nine to fifty percent. Um, but that is for everybody that is playing Yorick right now, mm-hmm. not just the people who are skilled with Yorick and understand how to play him. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm not a fan of win rate, especially. Uh, op.gg does a good job of giving you um, specific stats uh, on on those matchups and the very first thing they pop up there is lane kill rate uh, and sometimes you run into somebody where uh, I'm picking Orn into uh, who who was the I was playing somebody it was like Orn into Gangplank and Orn has like a you know 58% win rate over Gangplank but only like a 40 something percent lane kill rates which if you're not paying attention uh Suddenly, you've snowballed the other champion, the enemy top laner, enough that that win rate doesn't matter anymore. Right. Um, they're ahead. They're ahead enough that whatever kit advantage you have, or whatever uh, late game uh, advantage you might have, is now gone because you just died to them so much. So yeah, definitely. Please avoid just blind counter picking something because a site tells you that it's a good idea. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, full disclosure, we didn't look at each other's lists before we constructed these. So, um, I did find it interesting how much we overlapped uh, mm. between our two lists. Uh, so, I think that's um, that's pretty cool. Uh, although we nice. just we called it different things. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so getting over to my list, uh, my very first bullet point is use player champion pools, which goes back to Lucas's point of comfort over over counter, comfort over comp. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You've got to base whatever comp you're building with your players off of their champion pools. If they're unfamiliar or uncomfortable with a particular champion, they're not going to maximize what that champion can really do, mm-hmm. and 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 really they could. They could do more with a with a quote unquote weaker pick that they have more experience on. Um, it brings in that comfort level. They're not having to worry about 
um, lining up those abilities because the more you play a champion, the more you get a feel for the range of their skill shots. Um, you, you get a, a feel for the limits, the limitations of your champion, you know, whether you feel you can go back into a fight you know, safe ranges and, and auto spacing and things of that nature, all of that, uh, just gets ingrained kind of in the muscle memory. Uh, so I would rather much rather have my players on, um, champions that I know that they're proficient on, or they're very, very comfortable on. And that's what we're restricted to, uh, before we start building out our comps. So I would look at all that and, and we don't get to add any champions in kind of like you said, no last minute, like, Oh, they picked so-and-so, all right, well, now I need to bring out this pocket pick that I've had. I'm like, yeah. listen, buddy, you've, <laughs> you know, I saw Jensen play it. Like, no, 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 no. You, you need to, <laughs> to pump the brakes a little bit. You've only played this champion twice. We're not, we're not ready for that. So um, that is the very, very first thing. Um, find your cutoff point. Um, I used to do it based on um, mastery level because it, you really can't, just because somebody's mastery seven doesn't mean they're great at the champion, mm-hmm. but it does mean they've put in time. Um, yep. uh, for example, earlier I played against a million mastery Talon as my mastery for Anivia, and I was really scared going into it, but, um, I put a clip in the discord, uh, where I absolutely clowned on him. So, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I wasn't scared, but, but the guys put in so much time on, on Talon. Um, <clears throat> and so I would feel comfortable with him, you know, starting that in a match because he's had so much time and it doesn't mean he's fantastic, but he's really comfortable. Um, yep. next, uh, this is, this is how I do it um and this is more like traditional league of legends not like really crazy team comps like a poke comp or something like that uh, but i always make sure that um i thought this was easy when you think of the kiss method keeping it simple i mm-hmm. thought this was easy enough for and this is what i did with my students at least two carry threats making sure that we had uh two different players uh on the map that could potentially carry um and the reason why i do two is because if you go back to a a tactic like juggermaw you know and you build mm. an entire team around cogmaw and that cogmaw gets shut down well then you're just kind of standing there right um i, I want to be able to have two carry threats two people that we're setting up to be the carry to be the damage source to be the ones to be able to outplay the enemy uh or at least uh be able to get the kills so we can secure some of those objectives and and be a be a real threat and then everybody else on the team is a frontline and or utility which goes back to uh the point you were making about clear team fighting roles Mm -hmm. if we establish that from the very beginning like listen buddy you're you're not the carry listen my, my my top laner um, you know, you, I know you really want to play Aurelia and it's not fun playing Orn, but we need you to play Orn because you're now nah, nah, I'm just <laughs> insulting my, my top lane co-host here. Um, but you gotta have, uh, those two characters and, and chat's pointing out too. Uh, yeah. Juggermall always had that secondary threat, uh, carry threat because of that very reason, because mm-hmm. if the Cogmall got shut down, you do have that that second person there. Um, but everybody else knows their role. Like they know, like we need to set up these two people for success. And if one of them fails, then uh, hopefully they have enough utility in their kit to not be completely useless and can then support the next carry uh, or who else is set up to carry for uh, mm-hmm. success. Uh, from there, uh, when you're building out your comp two, always make sure you include diversified damage. So make sure you have both mm. AP and AD uh, threats on your team do not build a full ad comp uh, one of the reasons for that is because it's easy to itemize against um, if you have two damage threats 
uh, one being AP and the other uh, AD or magic based or physical damage based, uh, then the enemy team has to choose. Am I building armor or am I building MR? But if you have a mm-hmm. full AD team, all they have to do is, is build armor. Um, and so it makes itemization for the opponent very, very easy. Uh, so I always make sure that we uh, try to diversify that damage. Uh, next, I look at gank setup. Um, and this is primarily for early to mid game. Um, but if my jungler isn't a, an easily um, ganking jungler, in other words, if my jungler doesn't have any hard CC, then I want to make sure that my laners have hard CC, and so, or at least one of them does. Um, it, you know, if it's a if it's a lane that can't be ganked easily, then we may just say, okay, you're playing weak side. But if I want to get my mid laner ahead, and I'm and I'm playing a Graves jungle, which he does have the gap close. Uh, but no real real hard CC. He has the slow with the smoke screen. I would probably have a better time setting up those Graves ganks with the Anivia than I would a Vladimir, who has no slowing, who has no crowd control. Uh, with the Anivia, I have the stun. I have the wall that can proc the end of the line faster. There's a lot of things like that that I try to consider, but again, always working in like what my player champion pools uh, really are. Um, and then finally, like you said, the go button. Um, I like engage tools. Um, and, and there are comps that, you know, you can run a poke comp with a Jason, a Zoe and an Ezreal, right? And you may not have, you may not ever want to really hard engage, but I think those comps are very difficult to execute. So even though, you know, your young, uh, players may see those being played competitively, they're much harder to execute because you're not all inning. Whereas a, a lot of people, when they start playing League of Legends, they constantly just want to fight like all the time they want to fight. Yeah. Um, but I like being able to pick fights when you need to. Uh, even if you, you know, you get to dragon first and we're going to bait them into dragon. Well, you know, we want to be able to have a way to initiate the fight on our terms. Uh, if, if we're, you know, a ramming in the mid lane and all they're doing is constantly wave clearing, I need a way to be able to initiate that fight to that way. We're not just having to sit there and try to siege if we don't have the right comp for sieging. So I like having at least one champion on the team that has that engage tool that says there's the champion we're together let's pick a fight right now they're out of position let's capitalize on this it's a lot easier to execute than say you know a poke comp mm-hmm. uh so okay go ahead uh, if you had anything no no I think a lot of it overlapped i feel yeah, I agree. Um, and some of the stuff that you didn't, that you mentioned that I did not, um, really like the diversified damage point. Um, I feel like that's the very first thing I notice when I'm looking at other teams and what they're building. Um, is okay. All right, we just you know picked up, um, I don't know, like in a really a top and a Graves jungle and a Zed mid, and now they have like an Ash or something bot lane, and then you know whatever support they pick. Um, it's very easy to itemize against that, especially if you have a tank. Um, and now you have somebody that's unkillable, essentially, because they're just able to stack armor after armor after armor. Um, and also love the point about gank setup. Uh, I mean, I've been on the wrong end of that multiple times where um, I pick Gwyn early on, right? Gwyn is a good top laner, a uh, good AP top laner for diversified damage, but she doesn't have any hard CC in her kit. And so, especially in solo queue, if you're, you know, waiting for your jungle pick to come through and all of a sudden now they've gone uh, Talon jungle, for example, you, you know, he he has the easy access to the lane, but maybe not as much CC. So um, definitely like on my teams, I love having the gank set up, either a jungler with hard CC or pick your laners with hard CC and go from there. So I like the the two that you brought up that I didn't really pay attention to or or talk about. Yeah. And you didn't... um... 
you didn't talk about clear or I didn't talk about clear team fighting roles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what is your, you know, once we get out of landing phase and we're together um, and that is something that we had to do uh, even our co-travels, you know, season two in, in our on team tragedy, we had to figure out cause we had um, anytime Eric was on a tank and Mike was on a tank, they were both going hard on the back line and mm-hmm. leaving me and Drake all alone uh, trying to fend for ourselves. And, and that was something that we had to break down and discuss and figure out, okay, who's, who's hard, who's going hard on the back line to disrupt that. And which one of you tanks are going to stay, stay back with me and offer a little bit of peel uh, so that I, I don't just get blown up by the Zareth on the enemy team. Who's, you know, just yep. eating my lunch nonstop. Um, so just little things uh, like that, that um, I didn't think about too, but are super, super important. And I've even encountered them myself, but you know, when all of these things kind of go together well, and I think, I think we have a pretty concise list. I like it. Yeah. I like it. It's pretty good. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what I wanted to do last. Uh, I-, I thought this would be, would be fun. I, I scoured oh my son's uh, iron to uh, match history on op.gg and found this match that he played. Uh, these are actual Iron 2 comps in solo queue. These were the two team comps against each other. And I wanted to get Lucas's take on these <laughs> and how they... Oh, God. How they, I know, how they oh, stack fun. up to to your... Uh, <laughs> to your standards for the checklist. So um, let, let's take this top one first. Let's take the Nasus. Uh, so the first team is uh, Nasus top lane, Viego jungle, Ash mid lane, Misfortune 80 carry or bot lane, and Soraka support. Mm-hmm. So um, what do you what do you think about uh, this comp here? <laughs> uh, well, number one question is did we have any interesting builds like MFAP or something? <laughs> uh, it did not. They, uh, misfortune okay, did so, build AD. All right. So there we go. Right. First thing right off the bat, that is an entirely AD comp, right? You've got Viego, Ash and misfortune, all AD. Uh, Nasus might do a little bit of mixed damage, uh, but for the most part, uh, he's going to be stacking that AD uh, smackaroonies with his Q after he stacks it up. Um, and Soraka is heal bot at this point. So, you only have one damage source, all AD, um, and we'll get to it later. But if you look at the other team, they've got two tanks on their team. So very easy for them to stack AD. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, uh, we don't really have a go button. Um, the closest thing we have is Ash uh, with her ult. And, you know, it's, I, I don't want to be, you know, rude, but <laughs> it's an Iron 2 game. Um, right. If you're focusing on your Ash to land that ult, what do you do if they miss? Right, that's your one engage tool right now. Um, the other engage tool is Viego stun, which I believe uh, is his E, um, and also a dash. So not a huge fan of uh, two. One of your um, engage tools being a hard to land piece of CC, uh, and the other one being a piece of hard CC that uh, <laughs> means that he has to dive in. And Viego right. is traditionally not particularly tanky, so. Something goes wrong there. Team doesn't follow up. He goes in too early. Uh, now your one piece of initiation is just a squishy champion in the middle of the enemy team. Um, as far as that, I don't know. Those are my two big uh, no-nos for that top team. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with anything? you. Yeah, yeah. No, the the only obviously uh, 
singular damage threat. Every everybody's mm-hmm. AD, and I did check because I knew that was going to be a question um, because <laughs> I've played AP Misfortune before. AP Misfortune oh, yeah. support, um, it's kind of fun. Uh, but but she did build uh, AD as as did the Ash. And the other thing too that some players will say too, even in um, I've seen it in Champ Select too, uh, is was like, hey, we're all AD. We need some sort of magic damage, and the Soraka will pipe up and say, oh, I'm AP. so the only support that i will like only if you're going like a kill lane you know you're going Mm -hmm. something like a brand or um a velkaz you know something like that maybe but even still the income that you get as a support isn't equal to what you would get in mid lane right you don't get the levels um, as quickly as you would uh, as as a, that a mid laner would, so mm-hmm. you would be much better off having that damage threat in one of those solo lanes um, doing that. So, but either way, Soraka, you know, uh, she's not going to be doing a lot of AP damage, even though she you know build AP for the for the healing and the shielding. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing, that engage tool, um, I, I like that. The Ash is the only one that they have, uh, but if the Samira um, is playing with um, some uh kind of some wherewithal uh the samira will just w the the ash r and just oh, yeah. you know nullify it so having that one singular engage tool is is definitely tough they're not going to be able to fight or, or pick fights necessarily on their own terms they're almost gonna have to wait for the enemy team to kind of uh you know go right. into them right um and then the nasus too is is going to be you know, much better off in a side lane, continuing to stack up and, and things of that nature. So you don't really have much of a front line uh, mm-hmm. even for these champions. So I don't know if they're hoping that the Ash and the MF can do enough damage from a distance before the gap closes uh, between them and the enemy uh, team and maybe Viego can get some resets. Uh, th- there aren't any real ways to protect uh your your carry threats here yeah. and and not necessarily a really good good front line because even though you know nasus is going to be a little more bruiser he's not going to really build full tank right he no he's not be able to uh you know <laughs> drop the cane down on yeah. on the squishies um yeah especially nowadays when you're seeing essence reaver first on nasus or yeah. trinity force first on nasus so that is definitely a uh hope and pray that he scales up enough to be unstoppable yeah uh Team comp number two is Trundle mm. in the top lane, Mundo in the jungle, Aurelian Soul in Iron 2, by the way, Aurelian Soul <laughs> mid lane, Samira bot lane, and Lux as the support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I-, I like that you highlighted the Aurelian Soul because this is another thing. And I, I honestly, I think you could say the same thing with uh, Viego too. Mm-hmm. Um I'm a big fan of if you are, you know, silver, bronze, or iron, if you're going to one-trick something or you're going to play primarily only a couple of champions, pick something that is easy to play. Mm-hmm. Aurelian Soul is not easy to play. And I would say that Samira is not easy to play either. Those are two, uh, I mean, Aurelian Soul just kit-wise is very difficult to execute. Um, Samira is definitely, you know, playing on a knife's edge of, um, how close do I get? How far can I go in, et cetera? Um, how much damage can I deal before I need to get out? That kind of thing. So number one, first strike, uh, pick pick simpler champions, please. Um, number two, once again, 
Uh, no strong engage. Uh, we have yeah, Trundle. I got that too. Lane. Yep. <laughs> yep. Trundle has a pillar. That's about it. Uh, Mundo has his Q. That's a slow, and that's about it. Uh, Aurelian Soul does have a big bomb, but very similar to Viego, um, Aurelian Soul, especially to hit multiple people, he's going to have to get up in the middle of the team uh, to be able to get it large enough to actually hit enough people to make it a worthwhile engage tool. Uh, Samira, absolutely zero hard CC. And then Lux, you do have your bindings, um, but very similar to Ash, it's Iron 2. I don't know how many bindings we're going to be, or how many big bindings necessarily we're going to be landing. Um, so a lot of pressure to put on just your Lux to make sure that you're getting some decent engage tools. This is definitely, um, I don't know, to me this just screams like, oh, let's all go sit mid for a little while, and then uh, somebody's going to step up early enough or, or too far, and then we can engage. Yep, the, the um, classic uh, NA RAM. Yeah. Uh, kudos to them. They do have a diversified damage source. Mm -hmm. You've got the Lux, who is definitely going to do more damage than the Soraka support, uh, and the Aurelian Soul, who I guess if they know how to play him, they'll they'll get to do some AP damage. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You got anything else to add for this? Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing for me is the lack of we're going to start a fight right now. Like I yeah. need to start a fight right now. Here's our go button, and we're going to go and initiate that. And you really only need like need that on just. Just one champion. Just just make sure yeah. one champion has it. And back on the previous slide, like I listed some. Obviously, th this isn't an exhaustive list, but yeah, you Sion has one. Sejuani has one. Lissandra can go in. You know, Lissandra, you know, go in and then ult herself. All right, go in, W, and then ult herself, and she's safe for a little bit. Let the rest of the team catch up. Mm -hmm. uh, Ash has the engage and Rakan, of course. So you can find at least one of your roles to you know, designate them as your, your hard engage, uh, but they don't have anything like that. Uh, they would say, okay, well, Lux has a binding. No, that's, that's, a, that's called a pick, right? You're, you're, yeah. you're picking somebody. You're not necessarily starting a whole fight uh, with a bind, right? This is not getting everybody, you know, in that fight and really isolating or, or basically putting your team in an advantageous position to, to start a fight when you want it to. Um, so it's a little bit different, you know, saying that that short range there that's easily, it, it's very telegraphed and can be easily sidestepped. Um, I like that they have uh, their two clear carries, right? You mm -hmm. have the Aurelian soul for your magic damage. You have Samira for your uh, AD threat. And then you have Mundo and Trundle who are going to be these big beefy boys that are going to, you know, slow things down. The mm -hmm. uh, only real CC that, that is on the enemy team that's going to be really threatening there, I think is going to be the the ash arrow like really mm -hmm. that's that's it you know the viego has to be pretty close to land his stun uh the nasus has to be pretty close to land his wither or to you know uh point and click his wither i don't think he's going to get close enough uh really to uh the samira in time or the aurelian soul with the stars you know rolling around so um without yeah. the mundo and the trundle you know being in his face so uh yeah i'm with you i i definitely give the edge to uh the second team uh just mm -hmm. based on our checklist obviously there are some intangibles we don't know like we don't know player skill and and things of that nature um but um if you were to predict which one of these teams won which one would you choose i would go with team two the uh trundle mundo aurelian soul samira lux team you are correct they did win the game nice uh, was that your son's team uh i highly doubt it i think he was playing nasus <laughs> <laughs> i'd have to nice. go back and confirm 
uh, if that was if that was his. But I'm I'm pretty certain he was on uh, team two. I'm sorry, team one. Um, yeah. But you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Uh, all right all so right. uh yeah that was uh that was a blast that was rift happens episode uh two there you go there's your name um <laughs> thank you all for uh for being here next week we're going to be talking about diversifying champion pools so uh lucas i'm gonna i'm gonna drop this on you right now what we're gonna be doing next right. week is talking about how um if we were to give advice to a student or a player that's playing top lane jungle mid ADK or support all five roles um what three champions will we tell them to play to have okay. enough uh diversity in their champion pool okay so interesting yeah so three champions per role Right. Uh, to try and obviously they need to have more than three um yeah but having three so they can not all have not have all three champions that have the same uh like necessarily style like i i like i call like morgana lux very similar uh right. you know so if if i were say this support player says i already know how to play lux but sometimes my team needs something else Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what other, what two other champions should I learn so that I can best uh, give my team comps some diversity? Okay. This will be fun. Yeah, I think so. So you have, uh, so you have a week to think about it. <laughs> I'll and try. Then- and I'll do you one better. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, Maybe, you know, I'll give some good advice for top and AD carry, but I might play a little, uh, I don't know, maybe some support this week and okay. uh, play one of those champions that I actually tried to uh, suggest and see how that goes. So uh, right now, our uh, resident our resident Lux main and Chad is, is feeling attacked. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you got it, you got it. If you're good at the champion, just spam the champion. Uh, nice. There's no hate there. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you all so much for being here. Uh, again, if you're new here and you'd like some more information on uh, Rift Happens or uh, Coach Rivals itself, check us out at coachrivals.gg. Uh, for Lucas, I'm Justin. Uh, signing off for Season 2, Episode 2. We will see you all next time. <laughs> <laughs>